0: and so welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hersko. Join with me once again, we have a repeat guest, uh, Ivor Jakobsen, joining us from Costa del Sol, Spain. Am I correct?
1: Uh, yes, from Costa del Sol, Puerto Banus. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Much
0: much nicer than the weather we're probably having here in the States. So um, so the question you're all asking is, why is Ivor back? Well, um, Ivor's done a lot of writing lately. Um, which I want to unpack some of the crazy things that he's seen. Uh, we're going to talk about the Methods Prison, and we're going to lead into his product essence, which I think all of you listeners and all of you watching this video will be quite interested in. So Ivor, I'm going to start with with the basic background question. You were the father of RUP. Uh, you were considered to be the father of UML. You were the father of use cases. Why didn't you just do Agile RUP?
1: Actually, we did. Uh, we, uh, there are two, two aspects of it, or two uh, answers. Number one, we, um, we actually did, uh, and we were quite successful. We created something called essential unified process. And uh, we had clients, we were successful in driving it and pushing it, but, and that's the second, it didn't feel right. Uh, once again, once again, uh, getting into creating a method and have um, all the crazy things that we talk we'll talk about later um, wasn't right. Uh, I didn't once again want to be a guru and um, uh, mock it one, one and the only one of the way of doing it. So instead, I started what um, uh, became essence, and that is around two thousand four
0: okay so. You just you just uh, provided a perfect segue. So let's talk about the crazy things. I read your article on LinkedIn. For those listeners, I will have it in the show notes. Um, Let's talk about some of the crazy things you've seen with methods and frameworks, because when I read it, I read it again this morning right before we started recording and it really was resonant and it kind of kind of makes you feel icky in a way that you're pointing out the kind of uncomfortable thing that we all see but don't want to acknowledge. Can we talk about that for a bit?
1: Absolutely, yeah, that is uh, one of my favorite topics right now, so it it fits uh, very timely. Okay. So basically, uh, I'm a little bit conservative when it comes to wording. I have worked with um, formal languages, uh, formal methods, uh, using formal techniques, and I mean mathematics, I'm not talking about just precise so um, I respect worrying quite a lot so when I then start to use something like crazy things it really must be crazy and I must be frustrated (laughs) I I have I have over I mean these are things I I discovered 15 20 years 20 years ago and um, I thought it was crazy, crazy at that time and I think it's even more crazy that we don't do anything about it. Mm. Well we do, but uh, the general, generally in the world uh, we accept that. And that is the methods war, that uh, we fight with one another about uh, which method is the best. Uh, we go into a, a method um, world, method world, And uh, it's, uh, we learn one method and then we basically belong to a sect. Um, It's not a normal marketing fight uh, where we have different products. It's more like a religious fight uh, because you cannot prove anything really. And it's uh, very much uh, hand waving. This is the reason this is good and so on. Uh, We cannot really compare methods so um these great guys who create different methods the top of the cream of um, software engineering uh, experts and they have to do a lot of marketing so the success of a method uh, or a framework is based on marketing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, primarily and um, but it's not marketing like uh, selling a product it's marketing that is more like uh, you, a priest or um, <laughs> creating sex. converts
0: yep creating yeah, disciples you, yeah yeah yeah
1: and you belong to one of these uh, 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 i mean most people if they are in this space they belong to one of these sects mm-hmm. it's very hard to learn two different methods because they use different terminology different vocabulary They have um, a different way of describing the method. Uh, Everything they put into their method has to be redescribed because otherwise it doesn't fit in the method. And that means that the original author of a practice, whether it is scum, user stories and so on, find that uh, his or her work has be uh, redescribed. And uh, I mean, anyone who is of the caliber of these guys um, or ladies don't want to do uh, uh, just swallow something that someone else has They always can come up with improvements, mm-hmm. but many of these improvements I have definitely experienced myself. And by the way, I have been such a guru, so I I know quite well what I'm talking about. Uh, I was a guru in rap, <coughs> so. They find find that their work is uh, is basically misunderstood. So right, instead right. of collaborating, these people, which they should because they are brilliant, they start to fight. And fight right. may be sophisticated. It's not with uh, the, the the hands. It's uh, with words. Right. And, right. Um, they don't like one another's work, uh, So we don't support one another. That needs to go away. I call it one of the crazy things, call it methods war.
0: Yep. But it's almost, is, Ivar, it's almost like, uh, to use a, a political term, right, a balkanization, right? Everybody goes into their own little identity and then they start shooting barbs at each other via Twitter, via via LinkedIn. And it's, it's, it's intellectual cheap shots, right? Because if you think like to your point, we're all trying to get to the same place. It's just people need to feel the need to recreate the wheel.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. And um, diabetes is one of them. Um, The other one is uh, what we call get rid of method presets, practices, or like practice like scrum, user story, and many other practices, these are the simple ones uh, or uh, basic, not simple basic ones um, and then there are more advanced uh, things that have to do with value creation and and uh, uh, advanced architectural practices and so on, <clears throat> these are uh, these are what now you have to cut because I, I lost my track here. <laughs> Uh, how did I start, you know, we, um, yeah, these are um, described in such a way that they are not modular and mm-hmm. that they are not reusable. So they sit inside a method. If you want to reuse such a ad- more advanced practice in another method, in uh, your own method, you have to re-describe it because everything is unique about that practice. And the interesting thing is that even if on the surface, these different frameworks look very different, there is a lot of similarities. There is much more than people can see. Right. If you distill so,
0: them all down at at their at their kernel, right, they're okay. all basically the they're all a means to the same end. It's just put in different wrapping.
1: Yes, uh, and and that is uh, uh, crazy. Uh, practices should be free, free from any method available to the the world. Uh, in, in a way that everybody can go and ask, for, I want this practice, I want that practice, wherever we come from. It shouldn't sit in one particular method.
0: Right, right. So let me ask you this Ivor and let's transition into let's let's talk about essence, right and and what you are uh, let's talk about the idea, let's talk about the the behaviors and also let's talk about what you're what you're trying to do with this? Because the more I read, um, and I know we're going to talk about some of your success stories, it just makes good sense. So, So take it away, Ivor. Like, if you had to describe essence in a nutshell, how would you describe it?
1: It's a platform to describe methods and practices. It's a common ground. It's these things that are uncontroversial, that we can stand on when we describe our methods and practices. So basically, if people were describing, uh, I I would say these gurus, uh, or uh, um, I don't think we need any gurus in the future. We need experts. If the experts describe our practices in a standardized way and, and focused on what really is essential, uh, that is usually very little of uh, practice but it's, in, it, it's enough for be, um, a newbie to be able to work in a team with others that knew more so uh, if you focus on uh, the essentials you have a standard simple way of describing practices then you can create a we the whole world can create an ecosystem where all interesting practices are, uh, are available. You can pick the practice, a team can then pick the practices they want to use and uh, compose them into method. So in this world, practices will be what we call first class citizens. They are the important things. Methods are just compositions or practices. And any team can select the practice that work for them. They don't need to have a, have a big starter pack, you know, <laughs> right. uh, and, and go take training on learning a lot of stuff if they are not mature for it. On the other hand, people who are very competent, they don't need a lot of that kind of stuff but we have a very good use of the kernel, the essence, because the essence identifies the thing you really need to care about. Right, it's a standard, but it still identifies the thing you really need, need to care about. But often are forgotten. Uh,
0: the thing that jumped out at me is, you know, I'm a big fan of um, domain-driven design, and in domain-driven design, the three concepts they bound you up against is ubiquitous nomenclature so everybody's speaking the same words right which is what essence helps to solve um bounded context you know where things start and end which again this is where essence comes into play it lays out the method in in a very clear-cut way and um aggregate roots right and this is where i really think some of the benefit of essence is where like like we talked about with the methods prison and all the different frameworks all boiled down to the same thing. If you can agree to those aggregate routes, which is what you're documenting via essence, everybody is, to your point, jumping off from the same, we're all launching from the same, um, we're all diving off the same diving board, right? We're all going from yeah. the same departure state, state or location. And that makes
1: communication a lot easier. Yes, absolutely. Now, you also have to, Remember that Essence is uh, a standard. It means it has gone through a rigorous um, evaluation. Uh, Hundreds of people that are very competent in the method space, not the uh, methodologies, but more scientists, have evaluated it. It has been uh, practiced by many, many people in, in the world. So it's not a, a, a one man's work in any way. My- uh, I, I was uh, maybe coordinating work, but I, I didn't, and I had a vision, uh, but I didn't really um, uh, do uh, more than little work. Little, little of this is my creation. And, we have and- many other people participating.
0: And that's the that's one of your points, right, Ever? It's this is more like a universal standard. Like when it comes to uh, electrical engineering or or any type of the hard sciences, that's really what you're bumping up against is to setting a established, um, uni- for the most part, universally agreed upon standard that everybody can then march to. That you know that we're all we're all coloring and that we're all pre- uh, singing from the same hymnal.
1: Yeah, and and the uh, yeah that is. The fact that it's a standard means it must be uncontroversial. If it didn't fit for any method out there, it wouldn't be uh, good. It may, ne- it needs to be really um, a, a, an un- un-controversial, uncontroversial. Right.
0: So can we talk, Ivar, if, if you can share some of the success stories you've had? With essence like some of the I, I don't I know how I don't know how much you can or can't share but any any um examples where you've used this to great success that others could maybe look to for some inspiration
1: yeah but quite many uh, let me let me talk about basically uh, three different uh, uh, audiences <clears throat> so let's start to talk about the academics first of all, I have high respect for the academics. Um, unfortunately, uh, not much that comes out in terms of research uh, is really useful. Not much. But there is something coming out. And what it, when both the industry and the academic world uh, go the same way, in the same direction, then it, uh, that is right. It should happen. So we have. Really engaged uh, the academic world. We have more than sixty university professors working together. Uh, some of many of them are very active to create uh, material for teaching uh, full semester classes uh, at university level. Uh, we wrote a book uh, together. I wrote together with uh, four or five other people. In 2019, that was a book directed for first-year students uh, at the university level, uh, learning software engineering. This was the so, essentials.
0: The essentials of modern software engineering. Ivar, that one. Exactly. Okay. Yes,
1: and and that book um, um, normally software engineering is taught in the third or fourth grade, but this uh, uh, since Essen is very simple it can be taught already in uh, the first grade. So that is uh, something we have been working and there is a huge community of academics that are interested in in essence. Now, uh, the other group, which is uh, also very important is of course that the uh, current methodologists, if I say so, people who have uh, been very successful in building methods, um accept uh, and adopt essence and here we have um, also got um, uh, been very successful uh, Jeff Sutherland which is one of the fathers of scum basically uh, says essence is the key to success that's his words by the way and uh, he mentions that 50 plus percent of all scum implementations uh, are failures, and essence is key to success. We have also worked with Scott Ambler, who said, um, uh, basically, I cannot get enough of it. Uh, his situation is that uh, he has a huge number of practices, and, uh, and essence cannot play a, stro- a strong role uh, with discipline agile until many of these practices are essentialized we mm. have now about um, say about hundred that are essentialized then uh, the Spotify model which is very popular in um, the banking and uh, in insurance industry um, is also being essentialized so we are working with one of the founders of a Spotify model to create um, a and um, Spotify Essentials, It should be available quite soon. And I could mention um, several other people. Tom Gill, for instance, um, a very famous uh, software engineer written lots of books and lots of articles. Uh, he is himself a methodologist. He has, uh, as you say, don- donated his uh, work for uh, Essence to essence uh, be essentialized and um, many people work and help us do this uh, on a volunteering basis. They don't make any money, they do it because they love it and uh, think it will be the future. Let's go to the most interesting uh, for uh, I guess for you is the industry. And here we have been working with uh, clients since um, uh, 10 years. Before we actually had a standard, used uh, essence. Uh, Munich Re is one of the clients. Um, the latest uh, success story we have that we can talk about is Hapag uh, in um, a shipping company in Germany. Okay. They have used the uh, essence to as as a platform to describe. Uh, their existing methods they have many methods and they have used it to describe their existing uh, methods and we um, are still working on that uh, there is a um, there is a case study from hypergloid on our website so it can be found perfect i will link to that in the show notes yeah. So
0: one of the things you said, Ivar, that, that really resonated with me is when we had our, our initial conversation um, before we scheduled this, you said, what you're trying to do is bridge the gap between learning and doing, which I think is, you know, when you talk about the methods prison and when you talk about, okay, buy this training plan for $49.95, and you're, you know, it's kind of, it's, there's no praxis. It's very much just, here's the theory. Whereas you're trying with the idea of making your practices essential, you're trying to make that leap, not really a leap, more of just a normalized step forward.
1: Yes, uh, <clears throat> I call this the Achilles heel of methods adoption. Um, and, and that is the gap between learning and doing or learning and delivery. We get training, the, the uh, methodologies. Uh, use uh, give training. Uh, they, you can have all kinds of packages of training, and which you and you become certified. Uh, I'm not going to discuss uh, certification, good or bad, but there is a lot behind what you can offer in learning, and you have um, a, not only training. You can get. Um, uh, you have videos, you have all kinds of material to get uh, competent. But then, now you have, have, have learned something and you have to do something. Then there is a gap. Uh, you, you scratch your head when you sit there in the project and start to uh, have to do something. And um, you uh, may get consulting. And uh, uh, consulting, the problem is, there are not many really good consultants. Uh, they, they can spell to whatever method they have and uh, maybe mm. a little bit more. But the reality is, this is a, a scarce resource. Um, we need to bridge that gap and provide support as you work. and um, Since Essence have a way to be actionable, you can actually, in a way, execute uh, practices. You get uh, proposals for what to do, and uh, these proposals can be uh, broken down by the team and the team members into smaller tasks that you actually put in JIRA or similar tools. Okay, so uh, you actually bridge the gap and um, get people to both learn uh, more in reality, in practice and to to uh, integrate with normal development tools. So that is uh, we have uh, we have worked on a tool in in this space for four years, um, and uh, you know made many iterations. To mm-hmm. get it right. now we are in a very good shape. We can play games in the tool and so on. It's called team space, by the way, okay team, sp- team space. and um, uh, yeah, uh, it's a, the reason I talk about it is because um, uh, there is nothing similar available. so it's, it's a new way of thinking, right, so we. So, so that's why I think I can talk about it without feeling I do a safe speech. But-
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. So um, I do want I do want to talk a little bit about more more about team space. So um, but before we go into that Ivar, I want to ask you a question right? So you're the father of use cases, right? And I remember writing use cases way way back in the day, right? Happy path, not happy path, the who, the what, the when, the actors. and it was it was a good it was always, for me the benefit was always the thought exercise that came out of it right the 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 forcing yourself to imagine how this path looks and you know in the agile world we're married to the idea of user stories right with the idea that the three c's come on the back however a lot of like like you quoted before a lot of failed transformations a lot of unsuccessful adoptions that those three c's it really only becomes one c it's just a card do you think do you think we you know and the and I, I'm assuming, if I remember correctly, the intention behind that that simple user story was the idea to remove waste, right? Wasteful documentation. However, do you think that maybe we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater, Ivar, and that we've concentrated so much on that one statement as a blank, I can blank, so that I can blank, that we've kind of introduced complexity and introduced more points of failure, which is one of the things that I think Essence is trying to to remediate is putting everything out there. But do you think do you think we kind of cut off cut off our noses to spite our face?
1: Uh, first of all, it's not out yet. Uh, it's still in the bathtub. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's getting much more uh, attention now than it had five years ago, uh, because uh, use cases that people know about were most people, I should say, the old old generation. Uh, were the first generation of use cases. But we have learned, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and user story was a great idea. But the beauty is that it so easily can be integrated with use cases. The use case is a set of user stories. You can start when you create, you start thinking about the use cases, and then you have an in understanding what the use case is, you identify which user stories should I, uh, should I develop. Or you can start with one user stories and build around that other user stories till, until you get the complete use case. Mm-hmm. And that is what we call use case 2.0. A use case 2.0 is a uh, centralized of course, and it, is, it was um, available in essentially essential unified process, but it's also now a free practice that many companies are using. We don't talk, sorry, we don't talk so much about it. Um, we uh, Currently, our focus is on essence, but there is no doubt we have lots of clients working with us on Adopting use case 2.0, which has everything important that you find in user stories as well. And the, a concept like epics is still there, it's also there. So, we're not only talking about the small user story, the epics. And epics, we call it earlier functional area, but an epics is a set of use cases. And right. then these are broken down into user stories and you can go the other way. I want to say one more thing. Use cases are absolutely not uh, in any way in uh, danger of death. No, um, right. Look at any product, any area, industrial internet, safe driving costs, self-driving cars, um, big data. You can go on, uh, area after area, and you will find on the first page, if you go to the website, which of the use cases that you need to support. (laughs) The use cases are are there, and the very top level. Uh, And then, uh, if you want to develop something, you need to formalize it. And that you do by breaking down into user stories and so on.
0: So... um... Um, and I will link to, uh, I know you have a lot of stuff out there around use cases 2.0. I actually did a lot of the reading myself. I will link to that in the show notes for all of you listeners. Uh, so you can dig in. There's a lot of great content there. I've, I, do, I do want to talk about team space. So you, you mentioned that, right? So this is a platform you've been working on. It's helping to essentialize some practices. Can we talk a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely.
0: So... Um, I guess we us start off by what would be what would be the driver for a company or a practice, uh, a practice house, or even a consulting house. What would what would be their um, interest in looking into team space? Why would they? Why would you suggest you you need this in your life?
1: Okay, let's look at the big vision to start with. Um, imagine you have at access to all important practices relevant practices in the world in an ecosystem imagine you can let the team select what practices work for them every team can select what works for them compose them into a method you don't need to get brand a method you don't need to have a name of a method. Mm. it's this team's method And uh, dependent on the competence of the team, they will have different sets of practices and what they are doing, of course. Imagine that the team gets support in working with um, while gets support while we actually do the job. But these practices are not just in a book or on a website, but they actually are available at the fingertips of the developer. And that these practices actually drive what goes into Jira or other similar okay. things.
0: Okay, so it does integrate with some of your uh, product delivery. I'm not going to say software delivery lifecycle. It's project delivery lifecycle, right? So like a Jira, like a rally,
1: something like that. Okay. So that is uh, uh, where we are. Uh, there are much more to be done. And uh, What we didn't know when we started all this work uh, with Essence, uh, let's say uh, 10 years ago or even now even more, um, I would say 15 years ago, uh, was what value we got by having a standard common ground for all methods. We got a lot of values, for instance, this executability I talked about. Um, And and that is a very important feature. And I I could go on and describe feature after feature that we didn't have before and couldn't Mm -hmm. provide. We didn't even know that we wanted. And that is true today, too. Um, What we are offering, most people don't even know they want it. It reminds Mm -hmm. me, if I I may say so, uh, when Steve Jobs and Apple came out with uh, the iPhone, uh, no one knew that we wanted that. Problem. I right. think they know right. one. They didn't know. They, they didn't know. I didn't know that I wanted that uh, uh, kind of smartphone. But once I had it in my hand. You can't I, go back. Can't go I back. can't go back. <laughs> and that is what uh, uh, we, we feel from talking to clients and so on is uh, there is no way back once we have it. Okay. So Ivar,
0: I mean, I'm going to make this request of you while I have you on the recording, um, but what I would like to do is set up some time to actually do a demo of this to a video. Um, I'd like to work with you. And for our listeners, we will actually link this to the episode and we will link it off of our Discord server. So um, we will record the screens and and Ivar and one of his people can show us how the tool works because I do think this is really important. Um, most of us, most people in the sound of my voice are agile practitioners who work in a company that has built some sort of quasi playbook, right? Let's, let's take it home. Every company has a playbook and every company writes it differently. And we all know it's a hot labor market right now. People are hopping job to job. And one of the most difficult things when you hop to company A, from company A to company B, is trying to get your feet below you. And this is where I truly believe in this idea of essence because if I know everybody is using the same ubiquitous nomenclature, I can walk in the door, go to their, go to their, their version of team space, pull up all their essential practices, and very quickly become acclimated to what they do and what maybe the differences are to what I'm used to. And company a and what company b is so i, I do think this is a, a great idea that we really want to we really want to explore further so with that being said Ivar, um if people want more information if they want to if they want to get in contact with you i know you have a, a linkedin group which we will link to which talks about the crazy things um where can they find you where should they go
1: hey they are welcome to send image to me to my email address.
0: Okay. Okay. And I will, I will put a mail to in the show notes. So, um, once again, uh, we're running out of time here, so I want to thank Ivar once again for taking time to join us in the, from his beautiful location. Uh, I want to thank, on behalf of Ivar and myself, I want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in again. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review, a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, your podcasting platform of choice, as it does help others find us. Um, if you like this conversation, please hop into our Discord server. We have a very vibrant Discord server. We average somewhere between 70 and 80 active posters a day. Just yesterday, we had Johanna Rothman and one chris merman debating uh the idea of servant leadership which was a great conversation so be sure to find us there uh last but not least i want to give a shout out to machine man records and krebs for providing our outro music free of charge so once again Iver, i want to thank you for joining us i look forward to speaking to you again and until next time this is the angela Uprising okay. podcast signing out thank you
1: very much i really appreciate it
0: the pleasure is all ours